About three years ago, Caitlin Boston decided it was time. She was going to ask her boss for a pay raise. I knew I was really good at my job. You know, so I felt super prepared. Caitlin had been working at this design agency in New York for two years in user experience research. And she was armed with all the reasons for why she should get a $10,000 pay raise. She'd been working crazy hours and recently landed this massive $5 million project for the company. And so I felt like there might be some pushback, but I'm going to get what I deserve here because I deserve this. And it felt like the right time to ask. She was up for her performance review. So Caitlin walks into her boss's office, takes out her bullet-pointed list, and makes her case. And I did X, and I did Y, and I did Z, and I did cat, and I did dog, (laughs) and all these other things. (laughs) She goes on, you know, about how she's been assuming leadership positions, taking on responsibilities beyond her job description, how her seven and a half years of experience have meant she's really honed her skills. And then her boss, she responds without any hesitation. And they just go... Caitlin, I just don't think you're mature enough yet to really warrant this bump. They use the word mature? Yes, that was the that was oh, the adjective wow. that they okay. used. Has a little like mature, you know, yeah. is la- helping to land a five million dollar account not mature? What? So Caitlin asked her what specific concrete things she could do to get a raise. And her boss, she just went back to her go-to line. I just don't think you have enough time on yet to really, you know, warrant this. Caitlin thanked her boss for her time and then took a walk outside. She needed to process. I'm just simmering. I'm like a little simmering pot of rage. Oh my goodness, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I'm Rima Khreis, and welcome to This is Uncomfortable, a podcast from Marketplace about life and how money messes with it. This week, salary negotiations. It is something so many of us have to do, but it can be awkward to walk into a room and tell an employer that you want a raise or a better job offer. But negotiation isn't just about asking for money. It's also about recognizing your worth. So after Caitlin cooled down on her walk, she did the thing almost all of us do when we're angry at work. She found her closest colleague invented, quietly. She was like, how did your conversation go? Are you okay? And I was like, I'm not okay. I'm really not okay. Does this look like I'm okay? Because I'm not okay. There were actually a lot of whispery conversations that day. Three of Caitlin's closest colleagues had their reviews and also asked their manager for a raise, and they'd all been rejected. I think we all found a little deflated because it was sort of, well, what do we need to do? Because you're looking at four different flavors of excellent. And if four <laughs> different flavors of excellent is still not enough, then, you know, what ice cream shop are we having to go into here? Because, like, look at us. Look at us. We are everything you could want. So Caitlin and her colleagues decided to go out to eat that night. A sort of misery loves company in this together kind of dinner. And that's when they shared the hard numbers, how much they make. At the table, there were four women. Three of them were people of color, including Caitlin. She's Korean-American. And all three of them had at least seven years' experience. One had a PhD. It turned out they were making the same amount of money, a high five-figure number. And then there was a white woman who was fresh out of college. She's like, I feel bad, but... (laughs) I'm making the same amount. And I think we all just kind of turned. Wait, so just to be clear, all four of you all were being paid the same amount. The exact same number. Wow. 
Exact but same but this exactly. woman, this young woman, had like at least five years less of experience than you all. Yeah, minimum, minimum of five. And Caitlin says this 24-year-old, she was a hardworking, deserving person. It wasn't about her, but it just didn't feel fair that somebody at her level would be making the same as seasoned co-workers with advanced degrees. When Caitlin went home that night, the gears in her head were turning. I'm going to ask my male co-worker tomorrow, <laughs> who I'm close to, what he's making, because I just need to make sure, I just need to validate that we're all being screwed equally. This male co-worker, he was someone who had the same exact qualifications and same job title as her. So the next morning, Caitlin pulled him aside, told him everything, and then asked him the question. I think at that point I was just getting so anxious about us. Like, I need to ask you, like, I really like to know what you're making because I need to find out if we're all being screwed or if you're being mean more because if you're making more, it's really not going to be okay. And Caitlin, she could tell he was getting uncomfortable. Oh, he's like, yeah, I don't know. So that's when I just kind of improved the, the question of like, hey, if I ask you if you're making over or under this number, can you just say, you know, I'm making over or under? And, and that's when I saw him kind of relax. And he was like, yeah, yeah. He's like, I can do that. I okay. can do that. Okay. And I picked what I thought was a really egregiously high number. And he, you know, goes, oh, yeah, I'm making under that. And then I picked a number that was $10,000 less than that. And I said, oh, are you making over or under this? And he goes, oh, I'm making over that. Then, oh, oh that's when just, oh, my hair went up and just, like, lit on flame. But, um, yeah, and I was like, oh, well, just so you know, you know, your female coworkers who are, you know, stellar performers, we're making X. And his face, I'll just never forget his face. His face was like, oh. Based on her over-under question, he was making at least $20,000 more than her. Even though they both had the same job background, same master's degree, and had been with the company for the same amount of time. There's just no, there, there's no logic to that. Do you know what I mean? There's nothing mm-hmm. to rationalize about that. It's just wrong. This is the point in the story where I'd find the closest bathroom and cry in a stall, but not Caitlin. I'm not an angry person, but when I get angry, I get super mm. angry. And it's like very contained, like Korean rage. Like <laughs> I will burn, I will burn everyone who tries to <laughs> who tries to get my way. And to the point that I really feel like if someone had like rubbed up against me, like the sheer friction of it, I would have just like lit on fire in the moment. She goes on a walk to calm down. She couldn't believe just how much her company was undervaluing her. And I thought, you know what? I could grow more and get paid more if I just left right now because I don't I can't work that angry. So you decided on that walk pretty much that you were going to leave. Oh, absolutely. And Caitlin says she loved her job, but she compares it to a bad boyfriend. No one is ever like, he doesn't respect you, but stay with him because he's funny and cute. They're like, no, dump his ass. He doesn't respect you. On top of that, Caitlin was dealing with $120,000 of student debt that just felt impossible to pay off. That's when I realized, like, I'm just going to get paid. We're going to shift into Caitlin gets paid mode. Okay, but to make more money, first, Caitlin needed more data. So she logged on to LinkedIn. And I just start blasting people, you know, People you don't know. Whatever. People I don't know. No, people I totally don't know. She started messaging people who had similar backgrounds and positions as her in user research. Most of them white men. 
And she essentially asked the same question she asked her colleague. Are you making over or under this amount of money? And how many people got back to you? I was three. Okay, not as big of a data set as she was hoping for, but it was something. And all three people reported back that they were making about the same as what her male coworker was making. A comfortable six-figure salary. So, yeah, now she knew for sure. She'd been lowballing herself. I was in an echelon of salary potential that I had no idea was even possible. And at this time, Caitlin was applying to new jobs left and right, mostly with large tech companies. And in less than a month, she had gotten four job offers. Four. When that was happening, I was like, Caitlin, you're the woman. Like, yes. Like, I just totally had, like, that moment. It was very much like, we've done all the things we said we were going to do, and it's working. Oh, my God, it's working. I don't know about you all, but I cannot imagine getting a job offer that quickly, let alone four. Caitlin says user experience positions are typically in high demand, but clearly she has a damn good resume. The company that she was leaning towards the most was Etsy. She remembers when she got on the phone with one of their HR reps to negotiate her position. She decided not to ask as much as those guys on LinkedIn were telling her they made. She was going to ask for 10 grand more. When I offered the number, they were, they were clearly discussed, oh, um, I'm going to have to review this. This was a little bit higher than what we were expecting. Mm. I was like, yeah, this is the, this is, this is the minimum I'm going to come in for. And then he went and did his little, you know, HR dance back wherever they do their little HR dances. Like, were there ever moments where you doubted yourself or you were nervous you were going to come off as greedy or? Oh, yeah. I was definitely feeling a lot of feelings about, oh, my God, who am I to ask for this? But on the other hand, I felt if I don't do this negotiation now this way, like the right way, then that's only on me. And then, you know, oh, Caitlin, what's wrong with you? Like, come on. This is Mm -hmm. so basic for men. Caitlin and the HR guy go back and forth a couple rounds, and he's not able to match the salary she wants. So at one point, Caitlin brings up that her other job offers are able to match her desired salary. And he was like, okay, let me see what I can do. And he came back and he said, well, okay, we're willing to offer you X, and I'm going to tell you that you're making more than X, Y, and Z people. And I'm like, okay, can you do better? And he just goes, and that's when he told me, I can guarantee you, you are maxing out everything. She took the job. So what what was the like percentage difference from your previous salary to what they were offering? It was four it was a forty one percent jump. That's crazy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What? That's that's it's life changing money. Caitlin says in her day to day she's down to share her salary with folks, but she is not trying to share it with the world on a podcast. It's safe to say though, it's in the six figures. Okay, wait, so where did your mind go when you first realized you'd be making that much money? Like, oh, my God, what is this going to be like? And then I just realized, like, oh, I'm just going to be able to put thousands of dollars more away a year at my debt. Like, it's it's not even going to be an issue anymore. And after two years, she's paid off her debt. $120,000 in loans, gone. Caitlin knows she's in a really fortunate position. Her industry is pretty lucrative. But she says her experience, it can be useful for a lot of people outside of tech because what she's basically talking about is advocating for yourself. Before she launched into this whole pay transparency mission, she didn't understand her worth or even what was fair. I didn't feel entitled to have these conversations or to ask for these things. 
I think it's just made me really reorient how I think about work and how, you know, you need to negotiate for yourself. You need to steer and direct your career yourself. And she feels really strongly about helping other women and people of color to know what they should negotiate. So she tries to be transparent. I tell my junior coworkers what I make. Oh, do you? I don't even. Oh, yeah. She'll tell them something like, hey, I really feel like you should know that I'm being paid X and you should be shooting for X when you're going up for your yearly, yearly review. Because by not negotiating, Caitlin tells them you're holding yourselves back. And if you're going to hold yourself back, particularly in your prime earning years, you're never going to be able to make that up. So basically, get that money. Coming up after the break, we're going to learn how. When Carrie Minkle Meadow was a kid, she and her younger brother would always fight over the last slice of chocolate cake. And my mother did what most mothers do when they're dealing with a conflict of siblings. What okay. did she do? What? She split it. Cut the cake in half, right. But Carrie wasn't satisfied with that, so she took matters into her own hands. At one point I said to him, so what do you like about this cake? And he said, I like the cake. And I said, great, we got a deal. I like the icing. So basically you were a negotiator even at a young age. Yep. You were born to be that's, a negotiator. That's right. Carrie has spent decades teaching negotiation in top law schools and is considered a leading expert in her field. And she says everyone should negotiate, but especially women. We know white women make roughly 82 cents to a white man's dollar, while women of color, they make about 60 cents to every dollar. I called her up so she could give us some expert tips on negotiating higher pay, and we boiled it down to three key rules. Rule number one. Prepare. Carrie says this can include a lot of things, but the most important thing is find out how much people with your experience and title make. You could actually call people up in the workplace that yeah. you're negotiating with and ask them, so what are you making? You know, basically do what Caitlin did in the last story. You can also chat with former employees, and some companies even make their salaries public. I remember my old station, because it was affiliated with a state university, they posted everyone's salaries online, which would have been nice to know about before I signed my contract. Carrie says another great way to prepare is to actually write a script for yourself with all the points you want to make during a negotiation and just rehearse it. When I teach negotiations, my students, they have to write a script. Oh. Why? Not just to be prepared on their side, but what are all the things you expect the other side to say? Mm. Be prepared. If he says 65, what's my response going to be? If he says 50, what's my response going to be? If he says 75, do I just say, yay, I accept <laughs> and walk out of there? Or if you say, if he's offering me 75, he must think I'm really worth a lot. What else can I get? And she says if you counter their offer, do not give a range because you might undercut yourself. Be specific and firm with a number. And she says be ready to explain the reasons why you deserve that salary. To the extent that you can key what you're requesting to data and to information and to principles, it makes it much harder for somebody to say no. 
For example, you can link your counteroffer to salary research you've done or to the cost of living in your area or what benefits your company does or does not offer. And if you have a hard time figuring out how to frame all of this to the employer, Carrie has this suggestion. Use the word fair. I just want what's fair. And you don't think it's tacky using that word? It's not tacky. It's asking for equity. Rule number two. Ask questions. This one's twofold. First, there are the questions you've got to ask yourself about what you actually want. Every aspect in a job is negotiable. Everything. Before you start talking to the employer, ask yourself questions. What do I really want? Hmm. Um, Is there amount of money that I need? But also, are there other things that I need that I might actually trade off money for? Such as vacation, sick leave, Mm -hmm. um, parental leave. You know, some of these things are required by law, but others of them vary by employer. Carrie says a lot of people only consider the money, but it's important to decide and negotiate what you value in a working environment. Like if it's not vacation time, it might be professional development, like trainings, or a clear trajectory for promotions. But she says the most important question to ask when you're talking to the hiring manager is pretty basic. When someone gives you a number in a salary or anything else, why? Ask the question, why? Huh. Wait, can we do a little bit of a role play? So if if you... Okay. You're the manager. Okay. Um, So it's great to talk to you, Rima. We really want you to come work for us. We think that $65,000 would be a great starting salary for you. What do you think of that? Okay. Um, That's interesting. I'd like to think about that some more. But Why? 65000 Well, um, that's what we've got in our budget for this job. And so, um, you know, it's in, it's in our budget line. And so I'm just offering you what's in our budget line. Okay, what do I say next? Um, how is the budget determined? Oh, how is the budget determined? Well, we have a committee that takes a look at compensation in our, in our uh, shop. She goes have, on for a bit. You know, She's a really good fake employer. So I find this rule really interesting. Basically, Carrie's point is that we are entitled to know more about how an employer arrived at a certain number, or even how the salary compares to other employees with your position. If you just have what we call a spirit of curiosity. So, um, what was the last person in the shop that, you know, did really well and got a raise, and how long did that take? And these kinds of questions, they can shift the balance of power in a negotiation enforce the manager to really justify their answers. Okay, and last but not least, rule number three. Take a break. Negotiating is stressful and uncomfortable, so it's easy to rush through the process. But just don't. If you get an offer or information that you want to think about, say, thanks, thanks so much, this has been really helpful. Um, I I need some time to think about it and I'll get back to you. When can I get back to you? Personally, this one is really hard for me to follow. In past negotiations, I've always played by the employer's rules because I'm afraid if I ask for more time, then I'll come off as not interested or ungrateful. But it can take time to decide if something is the right fit. So what Carrie is talking about is really your best case scenarios. And then sometimes there's reality, right? Like there are some jobs where you can't negotiate or you can do all that preparing and have the data ready 
and the employer just doesn't budge. Sometimes that means making compromises and taking a job while keeping your eye out for that next thing. All right, that's all for this week's show. If you have some thoughts or want to shoot us a note, you can email me at uncomfortable at marketplace.org. This is Uncomfortable is produced by me, Rima Hreis, Haley Hirschman, and Peter Balanon-Rosen. Megan Dietry is our senior producer. Drew Jostad is our audio engineer. Editing by Sarah Kramer. Tony Wagner is our digital producer. Muna Danish is our intern. Satara Nieves is the executive director of On Demand. And Deborah Clark is the senior vice president and general manager of Marketplace. And our theme music is by Wonderly. All right. Catch y'all next